3: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 367. Someone, possibly by the name of Skydart, cannot be ripped away from Animal Crossing, what? which she ran out today to purchase.
4: I was on the fence about it, and then I had to get it, and now I am stuck forever.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I've never seen one sort of animal sell so many pairs to another sort of animal. <laughs> I mean, this has really been mind bending.
4: Oh my God, wait until it's winter.
3: No. You don't
4: even you don't even know what the crops are like.
3: I, I won't you find don't even out. No, <laughs> I'm kind of invested. Extreme
4: bear picking.
3: <laughs> I'm kind of invested. Uh, hey, thanks if you came out to see the shows in Salt Lake City the past couple days. I'm uh, headed off to Philly next. Helium, June 27th, 28th, and 29th. Go to slash calendar. Also, uh, we have our big show, The Saturday Night of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. That's a live podcast at the Bobo Theater, so check that out as well. Hey, I'd like to thank a snazzy new sponsor to the Nervous Podcast, Hulu Plus. Right, you probably streamed Hulu, but now there's Hulu Plus, and Hulu Plus basically gives you all of everything. Hulu, you'll get a limited number of shows in the current season, but a Hulu Plus, you can binge on full seasons. You can watch all your current shows. You can watch uh, full series runs, classic TV shows, shows like Community or Modern Family or South Park or SNL or Family Guy or The Colbert Report. It's all for 7.99 a month at HuluPlus.com. Forward slash Nerdist, by the way, is a special promotional offer that we're extending to Nerdist podcast listeners. You basically can get a free trial, and we'll extend it for you. *Downton Abbey*, Hulu Plus. *Grey's Anatomy*, Hulu Plus. *New Girl*, Hulu Plus. This is
4: the, the worst office. rap I've ever heard Hulu in my Plus. life.
3: It's prose rap. <laughs>
4: it's prose.
3: Rap. <laughs> I'm tired of rap. You know, look, rap is rhyme talking, but I want a prose talk.
4: Rhyme talking.
3: Yep. That is HuluPlus.com forward slash Nerdist, all lowercase. This episode is Alex Winter, who uh, I'm sure you know as Bill S. Preston Esquire um, from, of course, Bill and Ted's. Huge Doctor Who nod in there, though, if you hadn't caught it before, of course you had, but... Alex basically gave up acting in 93 and started directing, uh, and he directed a movie that we on the podcast are huge fans of, which is called Freaked. And uh, he's just a fantastic guy. And as you'll hear in this interview, uh, like proto-nerd with the Internet. I think Alex Winter might be the Internet, I think is what we determine. But he's got a movie that he uh, directed called Downloaded, which is uh, a limited run in theaters on June 21st, then available on VOD July 1st. But it's essentially about the rise and fall of Napster and Sean Fanning and Sean Parker. So uh, get it in a couple weeks when it's available. Or if it's after July 1st, then rush right now to the internet that you're probably on, the Nerds Podcast number 367, with Alex Winter.
4: I got stung by bees. None of that's real. Now entering nerdist.com uh, All
2: right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you, he's fun to beat up on. (laughs) (laughs) When he asked for a coffee, I was so excited to get to tell Kyle to do something.
3: You can tell him to do stuff.
2: You're
1: our guest. You can have the normal size water.
3: Yeah, you you don't have to have a water nub. This is basically a shot of water. Yeah, I know. I
0: love those, these teeny little things. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. How do we create more waste? What is more
2: waste? Well I think the idea behind it was like, you know, like for production because I only ever see them on productions. Oh like the, one, the, the, the nubs? The right. Bo- right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like people always drink half a bottle of water then leave it. Uh so you
3: said you're saying that people drink more of these than those? No, I'm and saying this creates more I waste? That, I think that's the idea yeah. behind the original production of the Yebs. Yeah. I want to know what Alex Winter thinks about this. But could, where are you, where do you weigh in right now politically on the water nub?
0: I've given it an enormous amount of thought, <laughs> <laughs> and whatever that was just went clean out of my head. Okay. <laughs> now I and I get these all the time, both when I'm shooting and just like in various places. And uh, the funny thing, the other, I was somewhere the other day where they would, they were being. Conservative with their little nubs yes, They're like I'm sorry. We can only give you one nub. I'm like well if you give me like four of them. I'll have like the equivalent of one glass of water <laughs> Just for the record like the whole idea of like of like water becoming this commodity Yeah, that like you can't have more of no, well, you know do, the world's gone plum crazy when that happens the, yeah. right?
1: the Nestle CEO bought a shit ton of water up in Canada, and he's like I don't think water should be free <laughs>
0: So, oh, yeah. 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 So I is, had the same thought, but yeah. I did not have the business acumen to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I love the idea of yeah. just putting your arms around a resource <laughs> and saying, screw it, I'm charging you yeah, you. Should free. I direct copyright. another movie, or should I yeah. dam off all the water <laughs> yes, from humanity? Right. Monsanto
2: Wait, has copyrighted water.
3: Okay. I feel like... Uh, Didn't Lex Luthor do that? Wasn't that, like, his... Whole well, plan? he his plan was to uh, basically create... It's to sink California into the water right. and then create beachfront property in Nevada. Right. So he
0: and the CEO of Nestle have a lot in common. They have... Vel- yeah. <laughs> Wait,
3: which, which which movie was that, the plot?
0: That was the first Donner. one. That was the first that was, movie. Okay. The good,
1: the really so good when one. Superman returns, he's just doing it again. This time he's just making continents. Wait, so we'd have beachfront property.
3: Oh, and Superman returns. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just yeah. wanted. I just
1: wanted to be sure. But that
0: you that won't have Ned Beatty running around in a pork pie hat. No, oh. yeah, that's too bad. Mr.
3: Luthor, <laughs> hey, <laughs> Mr. Luthor, oh, Mr. Luthor. That was Luthor. the greatest thing in the world. That was fantastic. And yeah. when you really think about it, maybe like a just really a couple years after um, after the uh, uh, oh, God damn it. What is the, what is those? What trying to scratch it?
0: himself in that's the a, air, people. Who the can't wheel deliverance. Oh, okay. Oh. Yes. You're gonna say, I'm not good at charades. <laughs> that was band? I, I thought you were doing air guitar. That, I was, was like doing. I think, I think that was that that. That 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 he was just squeezing the
2: one the of those <laughs> blow up guitars you get at a fair.
3: So a couple years after Deliverance, then it's, Mr. Luther, hey, Mr. Luther. Yeah, it was a hell of a comeback. Still a fucking great
0: movie. though. Oh, the best. Both of those movies are great.
3: Pretty soon, water will just be the cap. You'll just get a cap. Yeah, and it'll be like nine dollar. Yeah. Just like a hummingbird. You'll yeah. just have You'll to
0: drink it at yeah. some fancy bar in Venice. All water yeah. will be
3: priced yeah. like yeah. it's
0: Woodstock 98.
2: Our water's yeah. more wet. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Alex. Thank it's you, sir. It's a pleasure to meet you. I, you. I, uh, I was a big fan of uh, Freaked. Uh, yeah, Freaked loved the great. shit out of that movie. Idiot
0: Box. Yeah. Oh Thirty five years later it looks like we have a Blu ray of freak coming out. No way. <laughs> wow. No, like uh, August sixth, I think. It just got announced yesterday. That's yeah. great. I've been fighting for it for decades. Well but... it'd be weird if you
1: had a Blu ray come out
0: earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well like it, twenty yeah, years ago. DVDs coming. are gone now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are pretty much. Yeah.
2: So it's still a little late.
0: Yeah, but... I
3: guess they kinda are gone. Now yeah. it's basically Blu ray or you just Thumb drive. Or yeah,
2: or you just just a company blows it your way. Yeah. Oh that And
3: then you get the you get the experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so many things I want to talk to you about uh, but first i di- I watched downloaded last night oh cool and and totally fascinated by I mean i i I knew the sort of broad strokes of of uh, Sean Fanning and Parker and the and the Napster thing, but uh I didn't really know I didn't really know all of the details. I didn't really right. know how many steps along the way it seemed like oh, you know, they could still pull it off and the, they could make a deal with the recording. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no, the recording industry just went in with the iron giant and yeah. it turned into a giant. Exactly. A, yeah. a, a I weapon. am
0: not a gun. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but just, yeah. just that idea where, uh, where it, it felt like the recording industry prevailed and then they realized, like, oh, yeah, people are just going to do this anyway. Yeah,
0: that's right. There yeah. was a sort of head-scratching moment after the $400 million of legal fees of, uh, oh, it didn't actually stop anything anyway.
2: Oh, wow. the, the oh, internet well. is come, just... back. Wade, come back. Wait, <laughs> yeah, yeah. come back. Yeah, back. We're just joking. I <laughs> <laughs> was only kidding.
3: <laughs> and I'm 90, and you sued me for <laughs> 50 grand. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, so. sorry. <laughs> um, d- did you uh, did you approach those guys about that, or did they? How did the how did download it come together?
0: Uh, in brief, you know, it, yeah. So it's the rise and fall of Napster, which um, you know, being older than twelve, which I am, I'll give that much away. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I sort of had bridged the analog to digital. I was that generation that bridged the analog to digital gap in a big way. And that I was a big Napster user. I was really big into the Internet when it showed up And for laymen in, like, the early 90s. I was really into BBS groups and, oh, you know, the alt groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I wasn't so much an IRC, but basically the beginning of social networks and communities online was really something I was interested in. And then Napster in 98, dial-up. Super slow, internet barely works, and then suddenly you have this thing that shows up that was really fast, connected you to people around the world right away, Um, you know, file sharing, you know, chat, all the stuff that just hadn't happened before. Yeah. So I was a huge proponent. And then, you know, probably... A month before it went offline, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, is this legal?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I can just take all this. Yeah, th- it's uh, like ninety gigabytes of hard drive space. Later, right? Like, but it, but <laughs> it is sort of it is sort of
3: like it, 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 thinking of the idea is is not so much that Napster is a is a music piracy service, but um a, a really powerful indexing service. Completely. Which, yeah. it, com- you know, like if you if you strip away. Um, <laughs> The legality, of it. but it really, <laughs> yeah. it really did, it really did change the way that um, that we could get files to people and share, and 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 I and I remember feeling like, wait, so anything, anyone, really, yeah. like that? That's that was the first that was, well, the first time that I ever felt like, oh, we're all a community on the internet was like AOL ninety four. Mm-hmm. And then the second time where I felt like, "Oh fuck, we really are like the, like there is a localized community of the world coming together." Was was Napster.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt too, cuz for me it was that was the whole thing. It just blew doors open. Like suddenly everything that had been clunky, it, it had been promising but clunky was suddenly really fat like it was the beginning of the internet being a real-time global community for me. Yeah. And that was much more interesting to me than the file sharing side cuz we just had never had anything like that before. So it was really revolutionary. And then, obviously, it got shut down, and I, and I was really taken by the story of Fanning and Parker and what they had gone through. And it wasn't just like, you know, they were heroes or something. It was, this was before we sort of looked at internet people as heroes or villains, you right. know? They were just these two kids who invented something really interesting that had a lot of, you know, complexity and legal issues around it, no doubt, right? So there was a lot of gray area, and I just found it a really fascinating cultural story. So I met them in, like, O2 and pitched them making a movie of their story in O2, when Napster was just crumbling oh, wow. um, and I wrote it and they signed on I wrote it as a narrative for MTV I was gonna do it to direct it there and then they stopped making. it was like it was like chasing the tsunami like you know, as reality TV was like destroying everything you know they stopped making movies altogether then I sold it to Paramount and they stopped me ma- you know MTV films out of making movies and I walked away from it in like oh four oh five And then, like, in 2009, I was just kind of freaked out by how much divisiveness there still was in the Internet community. Like, there was – I figured that all these issues would have gotten solved, like, surely once Steve Jobs came along and said, no, people aren't thieves, they want to buy content, really, and everyone did. I figured a lot of this stuff was going to go away. And yet in 2009, it was like right before SOPA and all this stuff, everything was getting more heated yeah. and more fractious and more divisive. And nobody seemed to know what the hell was going on and who were the good guys and who were the bad guys. And, you know, Bradley Manning's a hero. No, he's the Antichrist. No, we have to, like, stop everyone from using the Internet. No, we need to be more free with the Internet. And I was like, all right, I met everybody. I knew all the players on the label side, the tech side and all that. I thought... Why don't I just get out of the way and make it a doc instead of a narrative and mm-hmm. let them just tell the story themselves? And that's why I went back to the story so many years later. And that's how it came out as a doc. It's really fun. It's funny. it's funny to watch um Sean Fanning's family who are these
3: like, hey, these Boston guys. You know, <laughs> totally. His brother's like, they're hey, Yeah, 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 And you know, All these uh, these guys are coming over and they're camping on a flaw. Yeah, and then you cut sh- and then you cut to Sean Fanning yeah. and he's the most articulate. <laughs> like, where did he how did I Like know. he doesn't
0: even yeah, he's anomalous. I mean, he's an anomalous human being. I mean, you are dealing with. That's the thing that I love about the Napster stories. Whether you, you, know, whether you agree with what they did or not, you know, they are two of the most interesting individuals I've ever met, by far. And Sean Parker
3: looks. <laughs> I love the idea that. Uh, uh, they like that, must have been good for Ezekiel. They're like, Oh, they got Justin Timberlake to play me in the Facebook movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you see, him like, okay, well, they're both white guys. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh. Yeah, I know. I mean, that was the first when I first showed Parker, I've known those guys a long time. When I first showed him any of the movie, you know, the only thing he reacted to was like, Oh, Christ, look at my hair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these sort of like 90s, like, you know, streak tips hair yep. and you know, bobble neck. So they were seventeen years old. They were kids. Oh my god!
3: What was the fir- What what was your what was your uh, biggest discovery on Napster when you first started? When you realized like, oh shit, I can totally. What what did you start downloading?
0: Um, well, everything. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> for me, for me, I wasn't even so much. It, it, you know, one I, I can't. It's actually not true. I can't remember which guy said it in the in the in the OTF um, interviews, but. Um, there was one guy that was like, "Yeah, but the, the, the one of the powerful things was to get things that you were just not commercially available."
0: That was Larry Lessig. That's actually how I approached it because I was already I already had my music collection. Right. I'd already been around long enough to have been suckered into buying vinyl and then everything again on cassette and then everything again on CD. Yeah. So I had my record collection four times over by the time Napster showed up. So yeah. I was mostly using it to get like rare jazz bootlegs. Right. For, that's yeah. what, like when I when it first showed up, that's what I used it for for global community because I was like being into like the alt community. BBSs in those days. Mm-hmm. So I was using the internet to find music that way. Then you would go buy it. But would someone be like, oh, you haven't. You like Coltrane. Why don't you check out this trumpet player from blah, blah, blah. Go buy this. And so immediately I was making friends in Japan, Germany, Finland, who were turning me on to all this stuff I'd never heard of. In fact, I went to, I was directing a lot of music videos in those days. And I remember going to Columbia Records um, on a music video I was shooting. And one of the heads of Columbia Records came in because he heard I was working on the Napster store. I thought he was going to kick me out of the building. This is like 02 and he was like no I love Napster I was like why he's like because we've been missing a whole chunk of the Coltrane archive here at Columbia and they found it on a guy's hard drive oh, in Japan oh shit like oh, wow. really high quality stuff that they, and they were able to, to round out their own like Columbia's own Coltrane, ar- Coltrane archive using well they, they sued it out of him right well yeah. no that guy's in jail now he's, yeah, course, he's, he's next door to Bradley but Manning but the important thing is they got the <laughs> yeah. music yeah.
2: exactly yeah. <laughs> they got it back they brought it back to the conglomerates that own it That's <laughs> that right have the rights to it <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and they, uh, they Extracted whatever was left out of Alice Coltrane's like, bank account.
3: God, I would go in there and just search. You know, I would get these weird like you know radiohead covered the spy who loved me and at a live show and someone like i would just i would just enter covers yeah in a search in the search field and just get the most amazing Mm -hmm. i
0: remember like doing dumb stuff like you know finding the 25 different versions of for what it's worth the buffalo springfield song (laughs) there's like a barbershop quartet version a willie nelson version a rust rasta version the candy skins covered it seriously it's like and you'd have like drive like really whacked out but In those days, it's really, there's nothing like Napster anymore, so it's hard to describe for people who weren't around then that you could type in anything right and it would show up and it didn't matter if it was a madonna single or something just insanely rare like you know you know throat singers from the ukraine <laughs> sure you would get it in like drogue. well
3: now it's now it's basically like torrent sites and like pirate right. bay and, right. st- and stuff like that
0: yeah exactly um which is a little harder to search because no matter what you type in you get porn yeah right. yeah i mean yeah, i know exactly. that most of the time you're typing in porn but on the occasion that you're not yeah. is you still just get porn
3: if you put yeah. in throat singer you're gonna get you're gonna get porn. Get porn. Yeah, that's yeah. true sure. that, that, maybe
0: porn. that's why I keep tapping, <laughs> that keeps happening
3: that's yeah. probably what keeps happening
0: but Throat singer porn is actually pretty valuable. It's not bad because yeah. they can yeah.
3: sing at the same time. Yeah, that's what's yeah. surprising about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the Eastern
0: right. European ones are pretty <laughs> interesting. Anyway, <laughs> where were we? One part of the... Uh, <laughs> no, I want to
3: keep going down this um, yeah.
0: But That's what he said?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mixed it up a little bit. And I felt dirty. Gender-bent it. So when you first started digging around online, did people have any idea that you were you? At no, that, that I point. mean, maybe
0: that was another thing that I liked about it. Fanny talks about the anonymity of the Internet, which, of course, is long gone. There's no anonymity anywhere in the world anymore. <laughs> Except for <laughs> trolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. the a bastard. Um... But, uh, you know, the the anonymity of it was cool, um, was that you could sort of just be another person, you know, and your your interests, Sean talks about this in the movie, your interests were what validated you online, not anything else about who you were. Yeah. And that, that was appealing. But that would have been appealing to me personally, whether I was a quasi-celebrity or not, because it's just kind of my nature. Um, and that's something that Fanning and I connected on was like the idea that global community could be something where, you know, social standing, class, all that stuff would just get wiped away. And it was just about what you were about. Yeah. The early days of the net was all about that, which yeah. is really interesting.
3: Uh, when did you first go online?
0: <sighs> um, I would say 90, 89, 90, somewhere in there. Oh,
3: Wow. That's yeah. early, early. I, I thought I thought I was pretty badass at like ninety three.
0: Well, but yeah, ninety three is pretty early. But in the in the early, I remember um, in like around ninety, I started getting into into news groups yeah. and connecting to people that way. And then you could also because I was directing at that time, you could use it to like the internet was a really great research resource even back then. Right. So I would use it to like move. Like QuickTime files, if I was working on effects or something like that, we started using it for that stuff right away. How
3: long did that take, dude? It was it's, <laughs> la- it's, it's
0: laughable. Like what we would do, like to move like yeah. a you know like hundred and forty three k file, which oh, was like God. barely visible. Or you'd have your real player window up, and it, it was like this. I used those in the movie. There's, I mean, the movie has a lot of ugly aesthetic on purpose because the internet was really ugly back then. Yeah, and in, ni- in the early '90s, it was crazy ugly because it was just this gummy blob, and you would be like, "Wow, look at that, <laughs> a, a gummy." Blah!
3: (laughs) I mean, the transfer rates were... In like bod, oh, yeah. I remember so like,
1: like trying to download a 10.9 megabyte file and like starting it at night, getting up in the morning for school and going, not ready yet. Oh uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> the whole world was like that. If you yeah. were working on like in effects or something, if we were doing music videos or whatever, you'd, you'd, you'd render some tiny little stupid yeah. effect on like a guitar player. Like I want to put some blo- in, like some gravel effect in his guitar. It's like okay, you hit render and you'd leave for three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you,
3: you come you, back. You really had to schedule your uh, <laughs> it masturbation time. Oh, totally. Because yeah. you yeah. go, okay, I'll start downloading in the morning, Yeah. then I'll have dinner, and then at about mm-hmm. 8 o'clock I'll be ready to Ooh, go. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait. Then
0: yeah. it's the wrong file and it's broken anyway. No! Yeah. Tomorrow! If, if you, you, got, got, if you yeah. got just enough of it. Yep. That was the thing. <laughs> I think that's Areola. Yeah. Uh, exactly. All right, back to scrambled porn oh, on yeah. so television. It's exactly. just the Mr.
2: Hand video again. Yeah. Oh.
0: So, <laughs> some of this is Jenna Jameson, some is Steven Seagal, but I'm going to go with it anyway. <laughs> it's taken me nine hours. Yeah. As long as he I'm doesn't go talk, with it's it. it's all right. I it's see a right half. At I least. see a ponytail. Yeah. So it
1: could go either way. Ironically, his tits are bigger now. <laughs> hey, good. That's awesome.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board, Matt. <laughs>
3: yeah, and and even in just in in such a ridiculously short period of time now. I mean, yeah. like what watching watching Sean Parker say in. Maybe 2000 or maybe it was even like 99 um, when he said, uh, yeah, someday, you know, people will get their music on their phones like this is all going to be ubiquitous. And yeah. And, and it was, you know, that was that was pretty, pretty amazing to hear that. That's in- a,
0: that's really the quote. I mean, even Parker was completely gobsmacked when he saw that quote. I played that at South by Southwest the year before last when we first showed a, a piece of the movie. And that was the first of the kid uh, well, the kids, they're not kids anymore. The first that Parker and Fanning saw of the movie was that clip. And it's pretty astounding, because in 98, he basically lays out the world that we're living in today before iPhones, iPads, iTunes, anything. Um, and he's 19 years old, and he barely knows what the hell he's talking about. You know? <laughs> but
3: you can so. tell when you hear these guys talk, they're—I my, my, th- I think, I think one of my favorite—I'm going to call him characters—in mm-hmm. uh, the movie was the Nutella guy.
0: Oh, Gene, he's the best. Gene Kahn is the best. Who is uh <laughs> when when Fanning's saying or or
3: some, someone is saying like no one expected him to basically lay out this assault. Or maybe it was Fanning uh, yeah. uh, against that Senate subcommittee hearing. Yeah. And all all of his words are very much like you're all going down in flame. Yeah. But he talks very fast like this, and it's this monotone voice. <laughs> and so it's almost like hearing it's almost like hearing a, a like 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 a machine get really passionate.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But
3: he, he never changes the tone of his voice. I know. It's and amazing. And there's no punctuation
0: in his yeah. sentence. Yeah. He just proclaims the apocalypse yeah. in this really even tone, <laughs> and then walks away. And of course, he was 100% correct. Yeah. He's, that guy, he was the Mac Daddy. He was an amazing dude. But
3: all those guys, like it, it all, you know, is. It, do, do you feel like the film? Um, do you feel like it's balanced in the sense that it, do you do you go well? Look, these these are all the. F- this is what happened mm-hmm. as, as, as well as I could put it together, and you guys decide whatever you think is right or wrong. Or do you feel like the film kind of has a, a point of view?
0: Um, I mean, I really tried to not create too much of a, of a point of view because you know my opinion has honestly changed so many times like a hu- one person's opinion whether they admit it or not changes a lot yeah you know so i didn't want to be like hey i did not want to be the arbiter for the digital revolution i don't really want that responsibility right. <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> um but i also because i you know grew up making music videos and you know being in- involved with a lot of bands and stuff i had a lot of sympathy for the record industry. And a lot of really close friends in the record industry. And the thing that I wanted to show with the movie that was, that was you know, some people call it even-handed or whatever, but for me it's really simple. Innovation comes and it, evolutionarily, meaning it's going to come in, in waves, right? So, like, Fanning and Parker are like the Matola of their day. Sure. Like Donnie Einer, yeah. Seymour Stein, and Chris Blackwell, who were the three label guys I focused on— were the geniuses, and their, you know their late twenties, late teens, early twenties, and did incredible things to create the record industry that we have today. Um, so there's a lot of, sim- I mean, very much so. Parker and Fanning are going to be the establishment that are being overturned in ten to twenty. 20- well, the way the war w- works now it could be five months from now, but <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, yeah. I just kind of wanted to show that innovation happens and it impacts people. And it doesn't mean that—I mean, I think it's wrong—one thing I will say, and I try to show this, I think it is—Lessig makes his point really well, and so does Barlow—I think it's wrong to villainize a generation, you know, for using technology the way that, that it's it's there to use. And you can't personify technological revolution. You can't say, it's all Sean Parker's fault that we doubt. It's like, no, you know, <laughs> this is the way technology was moving. It would have been someone else if it wasn't him. This is the world we live in. Right. And everyone gets up- uprooted by innovation. They always do. I mean, yeah. so that's, it's unfair to like, you know, to to criminalize our kids today and, like, brand them all as pirates when mostly they're just like, oh, this is really cool. If you come up with a way for me to pay for this, I'll totally use it. Well, Otherwise, I'm going to do it the
3: the other way. It's, it was kind of, it's kind of fun to watch, like, the Ninth Circuit Court judge, who I gave a lot of credit to for being pretty savvy, but saying to the recording industry guy, wait, so none th- these Napster's not storing any of the music. They're not touching any of it. And the guy was like, well, know, uh, But, I mean, but this music is being pirated. And he yeah. was like, but they're not yeah. he goes, it's user to user, right? Yeah. Yes, but uh, you know, and so yeah. and just trying it was clear like the basically they were trying to punch a ghost. Or they were trying to punch a cloud. Yeah. It's like they were angry that this thing was happening, that these guys had sort of facilitated this revolution. But from you know, from a legal standpoint, they weren't re- they weren't sharing any of the music. They were just making they were just connecting people to share music one another.
0: Yeah, they just I mean the labels, you know, on a certain level and you understand why they just wanted the whole damn internet to go away (laughs) i mean really if you boil down their legal defense that was it just please go away all you internet stuff yeah and i think we still live with some of that i think we still live with a lot of ignorance about how these technologies work and the way that people not to say you shouldn't legislate and you shouldn't create a monetizable system that doesn't you know artists need to get compensated that's a really really important issue today right um but you can't legislate technology away it's impossible but
3: but but even a lot of the um you know even a lot of the artists who were in the traditional in the traditional model still didn't make you know like they still didn't make money from a single
0: the percent you're right the percentage is i mean no matter what you want to say the record industry stood to lose a lot of money in terms of the difference between the way they made money off cds and the way they were going to make money off the one dollar single though they're beginning to figure that out now the artists, percentage-wise, have always the percent of art, of artists that makes money, a lot of money making music hasn't really changed. It's always been a very small percentage. It wasn't like before Napster. If you were a musician, you were going to get really rich, right? No matter what, yeah. you know. It just wasn't. There was always a very small percentage you made it because because if you got an
3: advance, then a lot of times you spent the, a good portion of your life, yeah. paying that. You were an indentured yeah. servant. You really, you really yeah. were, and and so uh, so I I still think some form of that model is still intact, which is, you know, people find out about, I mean, that's really, that's the basis of what we do here is, was founded in that, which is, hey, the, you know, the show's free. If we perform live, come see us. And then that supports the show, which is where, you know, and before the artists were like, oh, well, the label is helping facilitate getting it in front of people on the limited channels that were available. Yeah. But now we can just go straight to people and go, here's a free thing come see us live.
0: Yeah, the intermi- the the intermediary being sort of squeezed out of the process which they don't need to be. There's there's plenty of room for them once they understand how to work within the new paradigm. You know, that's that was a very that's the big seismic shift, right? It's suddenly the, the Internet democratized everything and everyone just went, oh, crap. You know, what are we going <laughs> to do from the government to the record industry, the movie industry? Everyone just like had a complete panic attack. Right. And they're still having a panic attack. I mean, literally you across know. every sector. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's mass panic. You know, it's certainly not gotten more calm. It's gotten less. I mean, that was the one thing people asked me, like, you know, what what did you learn making the movie since you had been around the story for so long? I think the one thing that was surprising to me was how completely pissed off everybody still was. And also how little a lot of people had learned in the intervening years.
3: Well, I'm sure you're going to, and you may have gotten this question a bunch, but I I just imagine like some slick reporter who thinks he's going to nail you. All right, Alex, tell me this. What if someone downloaded this movie for
0: free? Every, every freaking Q and A. Yeah. There's always that. I call him that guy. And I think they're expecting you to yeah. be like, "Well, oh, oh no, what am I going to?" Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's not okay. Yeah. Hey, the press conference is over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Flip yeah. the
2: entire long Fli- tail. The yeah.
0: Flip There's always some smirking a hole in the back of every Q and A that I've done, and I've done many. Get... Who's like,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, It's like young. Where can I download but... this for free? Yeah. Yeah. But Mr. Frankenstein, isn't yeah. it? true? Yeah.
3: It's pronounced Frankenstein.
0: Yeah. And uh, then I and then I hit them with like a 40-minute answer about Creative Commons law, which bores the shit out of them, and then I never get that <laughs> question again. <laughs> because like, we, we don't live in 2003 anymore. It's like, yes, this movie will be streaming. Yes, you'll be able to effectively get it for free. But guess what? There will be ad revenue, and people will be paid back. And, the blah, 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 and they're just like, oh, why
3: did I ask that question? I
0: also really...
3: I also I mean, we don't
0: live in that world anymore. The torrenting community is, is a fraction of the consumer community in this state. Mm-hmm. And
3: I and I really do feel that that if people are a fan of something that they I think there's I think there is a little something about humanity that you feel a little weird just taking stuff for free. I mean, maybe maybe disposable stuff. Where you're like, "Oh, I'll just download that cuz it's there." But you know, like when we do shows, people bring us things. We people offer to pay for episodes a lot of the time because yeah. they want to, and we're like, no, 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 you don't. It's totally fine. You don't have to do that. So I really do believe that by and large, if people are fans of something, I know I will I will choose the pay option when I have it yeah. to support. You know. And I, And I really feel like that that I mean, I think I think good does sort of bubble up in that in that instance
0: without it. I mean, look, you know, there's a lot of people that that don't agree with this. but from from my perspective as a downloader and as someone who used those services, like what I saw happening in two thousand and two, I remember saying this to Fannie when I met him, when everyone was saying branding them as pirates. It was like, you guys just created an incredibly convenient service. The consumer is always going to use the most convenient service. Yeah. That doesn't mean the consumer are thieves. That was the thing that, that I think a lot of people on the other side never got. And that's the thing that Steve Jobs always got, which is the reason he was able to swoop in and claim 85% market share for right. all downloadable music. Because he knew the consumer wasn't inherently thieves. He knew that they would pay for convenience. You give them something that's as cool yeah. as a thing that they're, they're getting for free, and guess what? They're gonna pay for it.
1: I do miss my Winamp skins.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can still get those. Yeah, but you can make those now. for yeah, those yeah. sort of retro guys <laughs> like yeah. us, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's you a know. flash site you can just do. Yeah. That. yeah, I still watch everything on my Real Player. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
1: wow, yeah. 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 that installer still launches every <laughs> time. <Yeah. laughs> I go to Netscape
0: yeah uh, yeah so I don't know I think that I think that the it's, it's all starting to monetize people are starting to get with the program there's just a lot of anger that I think frankly at the end of the day that the people without any oversight from the from the business or the government communities were able to come in and do this without anybody being able to stop well it.
3: what's what's you know I think what artists have to remember is that while you know this like you said democratized everything and and so we as artists are more empowered I think what some people maybe don't realize is that that the the well good or bad depending on how you look at it but the what comes with that is the responsibility as the artist to basically do the same job that a label would do or a promotional machine is it's now it's on you as the artist to like alright if you want this power great but now you have all this responsibility yeah. so you know it's kind of a pain in the ass but you know but then you'll get your you know you get to own your own stuff
0: yeah or the and the labels also you know really beginning to step up to the plate and, and figure out ways to work with the internet which they have so that artists can get support and use the internet I think someone like Adele is a really good example of that like you know where the music is good they did come kind of come out of nowhere then they sort of got help from a label then they really broke i think there's there's really it doesn't have to be so divided i mean that's the thing that seemed obvious to me back then was like why you know it sounds very you know tree huggery but like why don't you guys just all like work together right you know like create a system together moving forward and it actually can work for everyone because art labels are to their credit really good at artist development they are They always have been. They can screw artists. They can also be really good at developing artists. Like I don't think we would have had Bob Dylan without the the support that he had, Bruce Springsteen. You think about some of the really biggest artists that seem so independent, and they always had this massive artillery behind them that was really good at crafting them through – All of the BS they had to get through.
3: Well, it's just now. There's so many. There's so
0: many channels. It's a. It's a garbage dump, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, I got kids, you know, and my my fourteen year old's like, I don't know what to listen to. I'm just like, he ends up gravitating towards older good stuff because he knows it's good. Yeah. He like he doesn't listen to anything post late. Like he's always listening to Nirvana. Like that's like as new as it gets for him. (laughs) And I'm just like, have you not heard of anything post like 1995? (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's like, yeah, but this is classic. This is great. He's just he doesn't know classic. Classic. Nirvana's
3: classic. Dude, if were,
0: if we, yeah, it's uh, it it's really sad, is classic it's, rock. It's sad but true, but yeah. it's like he doesn't sad but true classic, classic rock. rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of what you guys do. It's like it's we're getting into this world now where people are beginning to curate. Yeah, where, like you know, you like to go here or to yeah. go to this place or that place to get some your arms around this like of crap that's out there. Yeah, I'm just but,
3: worried. I mean, like I I I do appreciate the idea, and and of course as someone who loves technology, I do. I do appreciate the idea of the algorithmic re- recommendation engine, but part of it makes me sad because I feel like, oh, but you're, they're just telling you stuff that you they know you would probably like, and you're, so you're missing that, that human component of someone going, hey, Here's something you probably never would have listened to that is so far out there, but you should totally listen to this. Well, yeah.
2: what I what I don't like about the algorithm thing, just like if you like this and this, it's it's mechanical. All it is is just kind of breaking down the aspects of it. It's like it's this fuzzy. It's this screamy. It's this quiet. It's this pretty. You know – but it doesn't like, you know, but bands like that I listen to don't often sound the same. Yeah. Sometimes they do. And that's what I always enjoyed about MySpace Music when it kind of became a thing is that you would have a band that you liked. You would go, list, you'd go to their page and then you would have there they would have the top eight. And these weren't bands that sounded like them. These are bands that they also liked and had right. a, a similar like aesthetic and style that didn't necessarily mean music. And that's what that's what's missing. That's the human element, I think, that's missing. But from that's a lot like, of stuff. there's.
0: I think there's a lot of stuff that's that's a uh, um, really short transitional stuff that we're living in. Like you know, Neil Young is. There's a bunch of artists that are out there really griping about the sound quality of of downloading, mm-hmm. which is like such a blip in the radar of history, right? Because I mean, around the corner is going to be wave file sized music tracks that your average joke can broad, you know, has yeah. a big enough broadband. To pull down very quickly, and it'll sound way better than a CD ever sounded. That's around the corner. I mean, I think that a lot of these new services, like Spotify, that are are imperfect, but certainly way better than what we had before, are beginning to create ways for artists to interact directly. Like, what's so cool, once it works, is artists can interact directly with their fans in a way they never could before. So you can the curation models that are coming, I think, are going to be amazing. Like, once that starts to get built into the architecture of the net more, and people really get more accustomed to using it. Yeah. Because it's like, I love being, I have so much more interaction with my fan base. That's like what helped us get like, you know, the it, the freak re-released or like all the stuff that we've done has been done like a lot of times with our fans. You know, back in the day, it was like just, it was just, you were in a vacuum mm. and you never had any interaction with anybody and you just kind of, kind of guess your way through it.
2: And I do like that. That's yeah, That's what I like about Bandcamp. I think that's one of the better uh, music sites coming up. Is that you know bands could just start their own page. You can stream whatever they put up there, and then you have the option to buy it. But then on top of that, when you buy it, they get your email, and you could they could easily just send you a email going, "Thanks for buying our stuff." And then you kind of, there's a more of a personal interaction with it. And they also have links to like bands they think you should check out if you like their stuff. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Bandcamp is the one that's going to be kind of popping up if they just kind of get a better on UI. Bandcamp.
3: Can you build? Um can you build, like, a homepage for yourself? And, like, here's a bunch of music that I'm listening to, and can people follow you and see No, that's you're...
2: the thing about the UI. Is I think it, it needs to be, that, that, that's uh, like, that's that RDO element. Friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's what I love about RDO. Right. And RDO is, like, and that's the thing. It's a streaming service... That's helped me buy more music. If I really like something I'm listening to on audio that I found, I go and I get the record on vinyl. Right. You know, it's like it's. It, it, I think all the streaming stuff is going to actually help people buy more.
3: I have all of them. I I, I do tend to fall back on Pandora a lot because I feel like it's the simplest. Mm-hmm. Spotify, I like, but there are so many different elements. It's like, oh, well, you can search one song, but then you can just listen to that song. Well, then you can build a station around this, but then you can like, yeah, it, it's like there there there's there are all. There are a lot of options with Spotify, which obviously it's probably good for the consumer. But at the same time, when you're stuck kind of in the hurry, you just want to like,
0: oh, I just want to hit it, you know. Yeah, for me, I like. I mean, I, I like Pandora and Spotify the best. And when first. Spotify, maybe because I'm used to the old way of, of music, it's just like I want to be able to pull an album down. Yeah. And I like being able to go, okay, here's the whole thing, wham, send it across. Now I've just got that in my playlist and I'm done. And I can use it both as like a single music service or a radio or like for whole albums. It tends to work that way. I just, the thing that I miss is curation. You know, yeah. I miss exactly what you were saying. I miss the fact that, that I'd like to, I'm not going to get turned on to music by a bot. I just—it yeah. hardly ever happens. It's like you know, if you build, you know, just to use a really obtuse example. If you build like a Smiths channel, cause you want to hear some old stuff, and you do that as radio. It's like they're gonna—they're gonna give you that and, the cure and mm-hmm. that and the Cure and that and the Cure yeah. and that and the Cure and that and the Cure until you want to blow your head off. Well, maybe <laughs> some <laughs> like, of
3: Morrissey solo work. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> but it's like it's so like completely arbitrary and and annoying. Um, it just becomes annoying, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I just want i want someone to come on and go, no, check this out. This is, like, left of center, but at least tangentially. Tang- it, tang- it, yeah. it
3: does take some of the magic out of it when they're, like, <laughs> it's a little bit of midichlorians when they're, like, you chose this song because it has dark tones <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and starts on the downbeat yeah. and has yeah. a four count. you know, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't
2: want to know yeah, all that. These exactly. lyrics suck. This guy yeah. is the worst. <laughs> right. It's yeah. like there's something to, uh, you know, just, you know, like when, when like Nirvana came out, then like you read an interview of Kurt Cobain, and he's like, he just says, the Melvins, Black Flag, and you right. go, well, now I want to know about those bands. They don't right. sound like Nirvana, but like yeah. you want to go and check them out. Totally. That's the same thing about going to a record store. Uh, you're buying something. Guy's like, oh, you like these guys? Well, mm-hmm. you got to check out this band. Yeah, but these are the guys that came before. It them And old
0: labels like SST or some of the original yeah. labels that were, you know, had a pretty varied, you know, selection of music, but it all fit within some kind of window. But you wouldn't necessarily draw those exactly. parallels, yeah, Black stuff.
2: Flag to
3: Lemonheads
0: or right. something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Where did you? What? What did you? Did you want to do be an actor first, or did you want to be a director first? Or uh, what no,
0: director. Really, I mean, I started acting. I was a child actor, so I was on Broadway all through my and commercials and stuff all through my childhood. I started acting when I was ten. I got my SAG card when I was ten. So, um, but I always wanted to just. To make films, so I went to NYU film school after doing all of that. Like, I've quit acting like five times in my life, <laughs> you know. I've had like, you know, uh, I literally stopped acting for good when I was 16 the yeah. first time, yeah. And uh, then I went to film school, uh, I went to NYU and I came out of NYU and I moved to LA to make movies. And you know, I was like 20, and so I was totally broke and yeah. in debt up to my butt. Um, and so I, you know, I still had a manager in Asia, I was like, Can I go on some auditions because I'm broke? And then I booked, like, Lost Boys and Bill and Ted's, like, back-to-back.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is easy! <laughs> and
0: I was, like, I was, like, living in this crappy apartment in Venice with my roommate from NYU, who was, like, he was, like, delivering pizza, and I was, like, doing Lost Boys. Yeah. Jesus. And, um... Uh, yeah that was tom stern and we made the idiot box and freak together and all that stuff so well, like so even in those acting days i really was mostly shooting like i would go i never really had a hollywood lifestyle i always had like this kind of indie filmmaker lifestyle i would go home from the set and like you know we had a, a, a you know a Steenbeck in our apartment and we were like making short movies and music videos and um and as soon as i could pay my rent without acting I stopped acting so I stopped acting oh, wow. I stopped acting professionally in 93 wow
3: hmm. well I know that a lot of times uh, you know because we are Lost Boys and Bill and Ted's fans as long as it was like to go up to Santa Cruz for those big saxophone rock concerts. Yeah, that, and uh, uh, like oil
0: down your chest. Yeah, 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 man. yeah, yeah, yeah. all the kids. Uh, yeah. Every summer
2: I go and see Yeah.
0: Him. Well, that Lost Boys is one of the first sort of documentary, yep. you know, feature we're, films we're about really? the youth movement, <laughs> yeah. the youth of the day.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who loved eating maggots. Yeah. 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 And uh, and
0: had hair extensions and <laughs> <two> more <laughs> chaps <laughs> and um, had like plastic squids coming off their floor. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was a lot, yeah. you know, <laughs> a lot, of, it was very method movie for us. We just kind of brought a lot of ourselves. Yeah. You
3: know. A lot of young men had yeah. Rob Lowe posters in their
2: room. Yeah. I yeah, mean, absolutely. it was
3: very accurate to yeah. what we were all doing yeah. at the time. Comic yeah. book
2: store at the boardwalk. Makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the bumper cars. I see it every day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That was good.
3: I mean, you know, like, well, obviously, <laughs> Lost Boys was great. I mean, you know, uh, Bill and Ted's is one of those movies that, like, when I saw it, I was just exactly the right age for it. Like, oh, my God. You know, and then it wasn't until a bit later where. Um, I completely appreciated on the second level for the Doctor Who connection. Yeah. Uh, which obviously, because I think um, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Yep. That's um, very well ed, done. I, I believe that um, they were, I, I went to UCLA and I was in mm-hmm. this thing called the UCLA Comedy Club, which right. was a group of stand-up comedians. Yeah. And I think Chris and Ed maybe were. They did, yes. They were like a few, like few, uh, se- a few years prior. Mm-hmm. So they were the guys that sort of came out and then like, they fucking wrote Bill and Ted's. Yeah, and
0: it grew It grew out of that comedy group because uh, Bill and Ted started as a stand-up routine. That Chris and Ed used to do at college at UCLA. Oh shit, that I and, did not know. Yeah, and um, and they played Bill and Ted, and then they would sort of tour around playing the characters, and then they wrote a script riffing off of it, and then uh, and then we made the movie. So it was uh, yeah, it grew out of what well, I think that's one of the things people ask me all the time, like why people still like the movies, like what makes a movie stand the test of time. And a nobody knows obviously, <laughs> but like the one thing with those movies that I think stands, you know, has gives it some longevity is that it was written by two really close friends and it's played by two really close friends and there's like a genuine camaraderie to it that is has a kind of infectious quality because it's sincere yeah. and none of us thought the films were going to go anywhere at all. <laughs> like they weren't big studio movies they were both independent movies. Neither, no. You know so.
3: And I would imagine most of the stuff you're shooting where you're like <laughs>
0: who is going to watch this Seriously? ridiculousness? Totally. Yeah completely. Mm-hmm. So they, they I mean they were enormous amounts of fun for that reason because they were just like everybody were re- we were all really good friends and we just kind of like did whatever the hell we wanted and there were literally less than no expectations expectations <laughs> about, <laughs> about where it was going. So. Yeah, that kids,
3: lower your expectations. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's well, it. I think it's okay to lower your expectations as long fun. as you're having fun. Yeah, yeah, as long as you're having... So were you... Did... Uh, was it a a pretty formal audition process or did you
0: it was a crazy it was a it was like auditioning for the olympics like i'd been like i said i'd been around a long time by then but like the reason keanu and i became such good friends was that it took so freaking long for us to get cast yeah that we were like bonded at the hip
3: oh so you guys were just auditioning together auditioning auditioning
0: auditioning auditioning, and we were paired off with like every other actor and it just went on for months and then like it was it was ridiculous and then like the last audition was like it was sort of like the, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Oh, right. It was kind of like, you know, dancing in the marathons during the Depression. Like, the last <laughs> audition was like 13 hours long, and they literally brought everyone in and they would let them go as they realized they weren't going to be Bill or Ted. Oh. And I was like, what the fuck is oh this, my guys? God. And like, by like two in the morning, it was like me and Reeves were like, kind of like wobbling on our legs. <laughs> like, <I'm> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, doodle <dude. laughs> doodle You got yeah. the jobs
2: because you were the last one standing.
0: <laughs> we, were the, we were the last men standing. That was it. Well, I guess we cut everyone else. Uh, yeah. Well, we start shooting them. Yeah, it's like, oh, I wonder who they're casting. It's like if they'd have cast someone else by then, it just would have been cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> yeah.
3: But it, uh, um, my my best friend from high school actually storyboarded Bogus Journey, mm. which when he was working on it, he had this placard in his because he was he. I went to college and he didn't go to college, and he be, ended up becoming like one of the biggest storyboard artists in the film industry, and that was one of his first movies. And I remember there was a placard on his. Uh, car that was bill and ted go to hell yeah that was and our then, title for and year. then they made him. then at the last minute they're like Nah, you can't you can't say no they changed hell.
0: it from bill and Ted go to hell to bill and ted's bj which i thought was <laughs> awesome and, and, and believe me we understood that when we changed the title so
3: and then he was so he was pointing out all these these easter eggs like when yeah. they're uh w- when they're having the seance and it's, I think that's Ed and Chris it in is. there. It yeah, is, yeah. And, uh, like, Denomalos is Ed Solomon's name backwards. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then, and then one of the chants, I think, was some, their names or something yeah. something weird like yeah. that. Yeah,
2: that's it. That's all right. Yep. Oh, yeah, there's a ton awesome. of crazy stuff in that movie. It wasn't, like, Stationed. It just came out of, like, a delirious, like, rewrite or something like that. Yeah, that was one of the biggest, biggest, I mean, these <laughs> are really close friends. They're one of the biggest disputes we ever
0: had was, like, I remember reading the script for the first time, and it was great. Um, we put a lot of work into it, and, and then Colin me just like, guys, station isn't, it just isn't funny. <laughs> it's just like, there, there are words that if you repeat them enough are funny. Yeah. Station is not one of them. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and then I remember Ed. I don't remember whether it was recently or a while ago. I was like, you know you were right about Station. But I wasn't right about Station. People love Station. Like, I get more <laughs> yeah. people coming up to me telling me how much they love. There's like bands named Station. <laughs> so I was completely wrong. But uh, luckily I wasn't one of those actors who was like, I'm not doing this. You change that. <laughs> <laughs> you take that name Station out. I'm not showing up. Those, really, those, really little, those
3: little butt aliens. Yeah, are not going to fucking do those exactly. Uh
0: Was the second one as much
3: as fun as the first
0: one? Yeah, it was It was because there was a little bit of, of validation because the first one had come out and, you know, we we had the, we had a lot more um not creative control it's not like we didn't have it on the first one, but it was just like let's just make Let's just make the weirdest, most far out possible sequel we can. That was kind of our. It wasn't like let's be safe and like see if we can make a Back to the Future franchise. I was like let's blow this shit up. Sure. <laughs> let's just let's just like stick dynamite in it and explode it. Because at that point, so, people with
3: the with the, with, a, with a few major exceptions, people weren't really doing trilogies. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, like with the you know obviously with like uh, Godfather and Star Wars. I mean, like the, the, there were trilogies, but yeah. it wasn't like now, studios. Do think in trilogies? Oh,
0: completely. Yeah, there wasn't a franchise mentality in those days, and it wasn't like it was before actors were being paid fifty million dollars a movie. So it was like we got paid five bucks for the first one, and we got like five seventy five for the second one. <laughs> nice bump. It was. <laughs> yeah. We fought hard for that. Nice. But I did. Yeah, you know, I did walk away a couple times. But um, <laughs> uh, the reality of it was, was that we just we just all went into it going, let's just make something nuts. Let's just go nuts. And so yeah, it was enormous fun. And then also. You know, having Billy Sadler's death. And just like yeah. getting to set for the for that <laughs> sequence <laughs> and watching him do his thing, it was like we all were like, "Shit, why did we write the whole movie about this guy?" <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> it's that's like, a great character.
0: Yeah, he's so good, and yeah. he was yeah. he was
3: great in it. But like, really great. Like Joss Acklin was it was fucking, great, was fucking awesome he, too. Yeah, he
0: hated every minute of it, but he was
3: because <laughs> yeah. he had come off uh, Lethal, Weapon, Lethal 2. Weapon too,
0: and he was like this big Shakespeare actor. I mean, yeah. he was just miserable. And he being was in a,
3: these weird yeah. these weird platform clothes. shoes, yeah, and,
0: yeah. I mean, it was it was all a blast, you know, and not being able to play ourselves as villains was fun it was great yeah Yeah, it was great
3: and so are there uh is there going to be i keep hearing like there is going to be another one it's going to be those guys no it's going to be new guys no, it's not happening now. Like, I always feel like I hear it's always in some stage of a cycle of it's happening. no, it's not happening. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, here's the reality of it. It's just like we we kicked the idea around for a long time. We always kick idea Like, that's so, sort of how the whole thing came about, even for Chris and that. It was just like wacky ideas that they kicked around that then became a movie. Then the second one was suddenly now they were stuck with me and Reeves and the four of us were kicking shit around and that became the second movie. And for like the last 20 years, like whenever we're hanging out, we just kick ideas around. And then eventually we just hit one that we all thought was, we were like, oh, we should actually do this. This is great. And so um, we, re- we came up with a story. They went off and started working on a script. And then that kind of got leaked, which is fair enough, and like, and so we had to start talking about it because it's like downloaded. Yeah. yeah, the the internet being what it is, it's like you kind of are damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's sure. like it's like if you say nothing, then it, then the trolls just like destroy you. Yeah. It's like, we know this is happening. You're a scumbag. Why <laughs> would you? You know. And then if you say something, they're like, yeah, but it's not happening. So why did you say something? And it's not? I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever, guys. So come it's, on, you know, it's <laughs> like so you can't really do anything other than just induct people into the tedium that is getting a movie made yeah you know what i mean because it's like the yes no up down that's welcome to show business that's how it works yeah so it's like we're you know download it took me 11 years to get made so now you're stuck on the ride with us for bill and ted (laughs) three you asked for it now you're on the ride so sit back and enjoy the ride that's right it goes up it goes down Uh, we're making it then we're not it's these guys there's those guys welcome to the movie business is it so maybe we'll make it one day is it attached
3: to a studio or is it just the development um
0: it's it's just we're just developing it on our own you know we have a blessing from the studio that owns it to develop it and if we can put all the ducks in a row in a way that everyone loves it we will get it made and that's that's all there is to it other than that we're working on it but it, it is a phenomenal script the guy i mean chris ned wrote it it's it's amazing and if gonna, at some point we can't get it made i will upload the pdf to the internet so are you gonna direct it if it goes no i don't want to direct it. i mean we band, bandied that about but like i know this sounds ludicrous but it's actually, it's not terribly easy playing Bill because <laughs> he's, <a, laughs> yeah. he's in every single scene. All, you know what true, I mean? Yeah. Like the, uh, and like the thing, one thing I learned about on Freaked, even though I didn't direct that by myself, Tom, well, Tom Stern saw, was, yeah. had enormous amount of work to do and he's a brilliant director. But um, even that, even co-directing Freaked was like almost killed me and I was 25, you know, yeah. and, I, and that was, you know, more than two or three months ago. Well, plus he had so much prosthetics on. Too. Well, it was like four hours in, two hours out every yeah. day. And the, and there's a lot of prosthetics in this one if we make it.
2: So it's, um I can't, there's just no way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I want to I know about like when you guys, how it came about that you got to do a sketch show for MTV, like with Tom. Oh, I, really? I, I, work, I worked with Tom uh, twice. I wrote on the Annie Malanaka show oh, cool. season two. And then I, uh, I was a uh, couple of the mole men and Saul of the mole men. Oh, I did one of those voices Yeah, too. you were the I king, king, of king of the mole men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was Clancy. Uh, oh, Clancy, not the that voice, just the body. All right. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um.
0: So yeah. So me and Stern, we went to NYU together, and we made a bunch of short films together, and we hooked up with Sam Raimi when we came out of NYU, based on our senior project, this crazy movie called Squeal of Death, and uh, and Sam and his partner tried to uh, get movies off the ground for us, and and nobody was interested. Um, and we made very, very weird, irreverent stuff. And this was pre South Park and Tim Burton, all this. So there was just no room in the marketplace. We were, everyone looked at us like we we're space aliens. <laughs> and then Bill and Ted did well. And MTV called me into their offices, and I'd done a bunch of stuff for MTV um, for years, like you know offsite type film stuff. And they were like, "Do you want to guest VJ as Bill?" And I was like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anything worse, frankly. But thank you for asking me for a job. And how about, we've got this script that Sam Raimi's been trying to get made with no luck. It was an anthology comedy that nobody was interested in. So we converted that into the idiot box. Oh, wow. And they basically had never really done live action before. So they just said, here's less than $1. fifty, but you can do whatever you want. <laughs> So we had complete creative control. It was like the most fun I ever had. Yeah, I can't
2: imagine the flying gimp getting through. Yeah, it was super violent. What year was that? 91. Oh, yeah, that's when they were still, yeah, yeah. It was
0: liquid television. It was like, there was nothing live action on MTV. And we were literally given complete free reign.
3: Well, that's like, that, that, that lasted, I think, about, that, that sort of era of freedom lasted probably like 10 or 12 years because, you know, Weird Al was saying when he would do Al TV, they would go, just give us four hours of programming and he so, would just go make something and just hand them the tapes and they'd be like, thanks. Like, no one <laughs> yeah. checked anything. Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: There was no S P Like, yeah. there's no standards of practices. Like, the shit we were doing was totally insane. And then they gave that VJ slot to Pauly Shore and that became totally Polly. Oh, wow. oh, shit. So that's what happened. And, um, and we ended up doing the Idiot Box and then they came to us to do a season two and it, literally, honestly, they, I don't think they actually paid us anything. So we were like losing money to make it. And we're like, we can't physically afford to do another season. Um, So we turned that into Freaked and that became Freaked. Wow, so Freaked great. was basically Like an idiot box movie Yeah Essentially yeah, yeah. And by then Hollywood Woke up to what we were doing And stopped us in our tracks. <laughs> <laughs> they were like they w- Somebody woke up somewhere yeah. Who smokes big cigars right. And was like What the <laughs> r- r- Squash yeah, yeah. Who let that through <laughs> What the hell is Oh my <laughs> goodness
3: Did you feel? So you felt, did you Did really feel that way though Literally Did you actually feel that way Like that Hollywood was like Wait a minute Oh
0: completely I mean you know Same thing happened with Freaked Where like I think they thought Because I was in it And Keanu was in it Even though he's covered in hair That they were somehow Going to get a Bill and Ted Style movie And we were what we were doing Was completely off the rails And it was like like Mad Magazine meets R. Crumb meets, you know, yeah. whatever, Zap Comics, and and uh, the sort of acid-fueled psychedelic comedy. Um, it was basically a, an expensive cult movie, and we wrote it originally with the Butthole Surfers to do as a low-budget rock horror movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how we wrote it with Gibby Haynes. original Freak, <laughs> I, Freak, was, awesome. a, Freak was originally written with Gibby, and it was for, written for the Buttholes, and we'd done a bunch of short films for the Butthole Surfers in those days. And we tried to get it made as like a $250,000 like Corman style you know rock horror movie yeah. and everyone said no so we repitched it to the heads of Fox and it got $11 million <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh
3: my
0: god in, in, in like 90... in, in 92 it was a lot wow. of money wow it was a lot of money we were 25 years old and, we, and again we were just given complete creative free reign so
3: that's probably like I don't know what, 30 or 40 million dollars yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. You know, and it was a total psychedelic cult movie and eventually, you know, somebody there woke up and was like, "What in God's name are we doing?" And it was like, you know, it was the era when Rupert Murdoch was trying to make more family-friendly fare mm-hmm. at Fox. So, I think somebody was like, "Oh crap, we have to stop this immediately." Yeah. <laughs> so, that's
3: crazy. Know. And then after so coming off that project, did you feel it's kind of like, ah, fuck, well, the jig's up. Or do you, did you feel like,
0: well, I don't know, I'll figure this out still? So. Oh, not at all. I mean, the thing was is like Tom and I had been working together for nine years by then. So it was like we kind of both wanted to go do other stuff. So it was like even during Freak, before that whole debacle happened, we were like, you know, this is like the apotheosis of the crazy stuff we do together, which had mostly been underground short films. So we'd never had this sort of, you know, agenda to kind of try to take it. We knew our stuff was too irreverent, that style to do anything mainstream with. So for me, I wanted to like go and just work on my... I was really young. I wanted to go and just work on my writing and my directing. I started a commercial production company and started writing scripts and developing my voices on my own. Wow. So, no, it, was, it was actually a fantastic training ground. It was, it was awesome.
3: So no wonder that with the advent of the internet, you were just probably salivating like this is my
0: home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I belong. I understand <laughs> you people, and you understand me. You can flame me. I like you. I like being flamed.
3: <laughs> sitting alone, naked, just smearing exactly. poop. I like it. I love the internet. I am home. Mm. Uh, so what? Uh, uh, how much stuff now? Do you do? Do you do stuff online like as? Like, do you sort of have like a pseudonym, or do you make stuff like secretly? That no, I mean,
0: I no, I mean, I I work mostly in mainstream. I mean, I do a lot of TV commercials. Yeah. and I direct a lot of TV and a lot of different stuff. And um, there's still money in TV commercials. Yeah, <laughs> there is. There's, there's a lot of money in TV, commercials, and there's great stuff going on in TV. And yeah. I write TV shows, and and there's really great stuff. There's creatively, that's a great terrain. That's mostly where I'm at in terms of you know the day in day out. Uh, the Annette, I I mean, I'm a big believer. The one thing I never liked about celebrity for myself was I like I don't like uh, the isolation. You know, I like riding subways. I like interacting with fans directly. So I'm completely open on the Internet, like whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I'm like, people come to me like, oh, how do I find you? I'm like, well, why don't you just type in my name and then, you know, and then send me an email? Oh, my
3: God. You and Kano yeah. could not have taken more opposite paths <laughs> exactly. in that sense. So, like,
0: I'm not, I just don't, I don't like the disconnect. It's, I don't feel, I've never felt comfortable with it. I like sort of just being in the trenches. So.
3: <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you ever talk to him and you're like, I'm riding a subway? And he's like, yeah, this isn't so great for me. <laughs> Exactly. It was like the sad piano meme. Like, yeah. oh, guy can't, guy can't
0: even fucking sit
3: down on a oh, yeah. bench.
0: Well, we, eat a sandwich. To, to be fair, I mean, he's he's of all the, and maybe it's one of the reasons that we stayed close friends for so long. I mean, he's basically like my brother. He's one of my very best friends, and we go we go all over the place together. And it actually isn't as bad as you would think because he's pretty uh, accessible in yeah. person. Um, he's one of the only actors of that stature. I know quite a few that are, though. I mean, usually you you get turned into Princess Di, and like your life is totally you know this bu- weird bubble you have no idea what the hell's going on right and you have your handlers to rely on but Reeves is not like that and like it's funny because I think I-, I forced him to tell this story on Jimmy Kimmel I'm not sure how happy he was because I- Jimmy's a friend I was like can I tell you the Halloween story if he comes on <laughs> he made him tell it but, the, but we were at a restaurant, and we, we walked into a restaurant in the West Village together a few years ago and forgot it was Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we walked in at like 2 in the afternoon like to have a long lunch, and we just sat there and ate for like six hours. And when we came out, we were in the middle, in the uh. middle of the Halloween parade. Like, surrounded by 40,000 fucking people. (laughs) And, like, I was, and for me, I was like, shit, what's going to happen to Reeves? Like, I felt bad, you know? And all that happened, nobody paid us any attention at all, except for, like, one drunk guy who walked past and goes, look, it's two old fat guys trying to be Bill and Ted. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not, that's the truth. (laughs) That is not, I'm not making that up. That is verbatim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. So there you have it. That's well,
3: great. I think uh, commercials are, I find, pretty interesting because it's an industry where, you know, people are like, people are watching commercials, people are watching When I go, yeah, but if. They're good, yeah. people will watch them. Or people you know, if people put up a, a good commercial online, then you know, like on YouTube, then people will pass it around. Like people just wanna
0: see good, funny things. Oh yeah. I mean I that the whole idea of of internet killing ads and I think content in general is complete paranoia. I think that unfortunately the inverse is gonna happen where things are gonna get so regulated that you're stuck watching ads in ways you may not want to online but it's all gonna get. it's gonna be baked into the net just like it was baked into TV.
3: I don't think you know I just don't I, I just don't see pre-rolls being the wave of the future. <laughs> I see, you know yeah. I don't see like a fucking a, you know when, when I <laughs> as impatient, and, and I feel like I'm
0: somewhat patient.
2: Yeah.
3: And I know most people are less patient, but to sit through a 30 second pre-roll ad on like a 4 minute video that yeah, you're Yeah. No, you
0: have yeah. to find other ways to get the ads in. I'm yeah, I'm not saying they'll be exactly the way TV yeah, was. For yeah. sure they'll be different, but they're 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 thinking of creative ways to to infuse content with advertising and that's not going to go away.
3: Right. I mean it's it's I think it's more branded content. I think it's more – I think it's you know like Palmolive Olive presents. The way
0: TV started. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was it. They'll be it's and that is absolutely that's happening with that's how how we sold downloaded. I mean, like, that's that's the way, you know, our movie's coming out. Um, it was really important for me for it to have a, str- you know, digital life, so it's coming out um, theatrically small, you know, art house, theatrical, iTunes, CVOD, but then AOL um, is is partnering up with VH1 and us, and we're doing a streaming rollout through AOL, which is really interesting. And, uh, and that aggregates across all different kinds of portals. There's all different kinds of ways to see it that way. God, I
3: still, I still am... That idea of, you know, pre-internet bubble bursting, where, where it's just the fact that Napster raised more than $100 million, but just didn't really have a revenue m- yeah. model, <laughs> we're like, well, I don't know, there's there's something here, you know, it's yeah. that, that whole, that time of the internet where people totally. are like, where they go, Ugh. you could reach the entire world, Yeah, and then they do that flawed math, they go,
0: all right, there's 6 billion people, if you could just get 1% of those people, yeah. the like, yeah. It
3: doesn't really work. But then the
0: same thing happened with Twitter. Like people never learn. Yeah. Then, like ten years later, happened with Twitter. It was like, oh, this guy's got four million Twitter followers. Let's give him a movie. But nobody came. Where were his Twitter <laughs> followers? Yeah. If even a third of those people came to the movie, we would have made our money back. What yeah. happened?
2: Yeah, I you hate know. hearing that. Like, I remember when I was working at uh, E. Like, you would pass by a door and you hear, but it's like, it's like we have to cast him. You see how many Twitter followers he has? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just like yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: that that worked for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That was like you know for the amount of time that Comic Con was deciding which movies were being made. Yeah. Right. You remember that era? Yeah. It was oh like, yeah! Whatever
2: they say, yeah. whatever those Comic Con guys say, we got to do that. It was <sighs> Scott Pilgrim that kind of took it out, right? Because I remember that was like the one they were like, "This is it! This is going to be huge at Comic Con. Then everyone's going to see it." And that, like, that
3: year at Comic Con was and insane. Also, fuck
1: you for not seeing that movie's amazing. It's a great movie. And, yeah. and
3: that 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 year at Comic Con was insane because like the the the, we were, the, this, the hotel we were in, like the Bayfront, I think the Hilton, the, the, the Hilton, yeah, the, the entire, entire goddamn side of the building was Michael, Sarah, and the yeah, Scott Pilgrim. I remember those, that year, yeah. And I'm right. sure they must have just been like. You know, just like lions before a kill, they were like, yeah. guys,
2: we are going to <laughs> yeah. be
3: billionaires. Yeah. Let's yeah. drink
2: up tonight because the battle's going to be easy tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> sir, the,
3: the first day reports are in. What's that now? Um, Sorry. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> what happened? So I, must, yeah. be I must, must be hungover. They must have been pirating it. That's what said. it was. They pirated it. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> no, That's no, no. what killed
1: comes us. In sir, the first day reports it, and he's like, all right, how much of a raise do I give the marketing department? <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: see. Uh. <laughs> Fire the entire marketing <laughs> yeah, department. I guess yeah. I could
0: yeah. bury a
3: billion under a lake
1: just to yeah. keep it there. Yeah. I told
0: you yeah. we should have used Ashton Kutcher in the lead. He's got four million Twitter followers.
3: No! You did it again!
1: But
0: we're still sure Harry
1: Potter hasn't turned a profit, right, bookkeepers? God...
2: <laughs> oh uh, I want to know I want to know about uh, The the Gate remake
0: uh, I have less to say on that Because it's not in my hands at all oh, So it's okay. like The producer of the original Gate I've been working with him And, and they're great people They've made a lot of Really big movies But we're, we're We're develop We're concepting a remake That would be as sort of Subversive as the first one was yeah. But for kids <laughs> um, well, the first one was for kids. Too. I love. I love. I do too. I love I think the, the gay. Gay It's like a really yeah. underrated movie. Yeah, so. I love it too. And I love the. I, I love this sort of Amblin era of movies when they used to put kids in jeopardy. And 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 I've got boys, and I can tell you they like those movies. So yeah. like, I think Abrams had a lot of balls doing that with Super 8. But there
2: hasn't been too many movies like that in the last twenty years. So I'd think, love to make one. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, Jordan Vote Roberts movie that just came out, Kings of Summer. Kings right. Of Summer. Uh, yeah. That like that has the Amblin era. Like, yeah. And he mentions that a lot. Too, yeah. Just like you know, these kids are they're drinking beer, they're smoking yeah. cigarettes. They yeah. get, like you know, they get hurt. It's, yeah that's what it should be and
0: one that's kind of fantastic one that's sort of like nightmarish the way poltergeist or you know uh, some of those movies were in those days is something i, I would love to do so yeah. hopefully they'll get the financing and i'll mi- i'll do it but i'm i'm pretty
2: busy on other stuff so we'll yeah, see what yeah happens. i never
3: scared the shit out of me when i was a kid this is a yeah. fucking great movie and oh, it's just great. all
2: the practical effects are yeah, great yeah. and like uh, there's a like there's an awesome gif online that shows yeah the, like,
0: the minions turning into the the dead workman. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. amazing with Ugh. the
2: foreground miniature work oh,
4: it's,
0: it's unbelievable it's amazing i Unless just Randy Cook, who did lord of the rings i mean they had like you know Know, for a three million dollar movie, they had like the greatest special effects mine's working on. Yeah, so by fun. the
3: way, I almost always, when I'm meaning to say Super Eight, I almost always go, So when Abrams did Eight Millimeter, like those are two <laughs> <laughs> totally different, yeah, yeah, those are not those. Send your I fan base to that movie
1: <laughs> yeah. thematically. Yeah. I jerked off the same,
3: yeah. So. yeah. Oh, oh, Matthew. I'm sorry, Matthew, <laughs> boo on both fronts, <laughs> boo on both fronts, yeah. fair enough. Uh, yeah. I remember when I saw when I saw a millimeter in the theater. It was I don't think the intended reaction. There's a scene where uh, Nicholas Cage at the end just has a he just has a breakdown because he just can't take it anymore. Yeah, he's just seen so much and he's gone through so much. That's where
1: I climaxed.
3: That yeah. <laughs> I mean, where he goes, he has one of those no, where he's yeah. like.
1: No and yeah. he
3: does that and the fucking this in full theater and it's like
0: everyone just bursts out laughing yeah. I'm like yeah. I don't think this is That's where that was the, in, was not the intended reaction. Yeah. That was or that And yet was he was has it.
2: that reaction in every movie. Yeah. He's got it. Yeah. 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 It's like Nicolas Cage making every choice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, so what do cool. you, what do you, what's next? What do you, what do you want to, um, well, I'm working on another doc, um, building another documentary right now about, uh, children in show business,
3: ah. which is
0: really fascinating. Something
3: yeah. you know a little Something bit Something I know a little about. bit about. Yeah. And, so uh, and by the way, good job for turning out normal. Like that <laughs> yeah. is a real. That, yeah.
0: That's, this movie is kind of about why that you have a slim chance in hell of that happening. It's you.
3: pretty <laughs> crazy. Like when yeah. you, when you really see, like there's, <laughs> there's almost, uh, there's almost this, uh, do you remember that, uh, Harrison Bergeron story? where it's like everyone is basically equalized, and so people who are stronger are more like, they're basically hobbled with all this weird stuff to keep them. So I feel like as a child actor, you have all that stuff placed on you, and if you can somehow shake it off and get through, then... You, you're actually kind of a super person, exactly. for, for, for getting. That's through it. That. It's, it's
0: sort of like a video, like the hardest video game in the world, and you're supposed to develop at the same time. Yes. So try to do both of those things. It's pretty. It's like juggling, you know, chainsaws and I don't know how, how it you
3: know. happens. You but, must. Have had, you must have had a good family. Yeah, well, that, that, that,
0: it takes. It takes a minute, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but that's yeah, that's what I'm working on. I'm working with the, the producers that did Undefeated, the yep. uh, the doc from yeah. a couple years ago, and uh, so I'm putting that together right now.
1: Hopefully. I bet. I bet college helped like going to college probably helped
0: yeah and like you know having an interest like i you know for me i always had an interest outside of of celebrity so it wasn't i was always i was never really chasing that yeah you know so it was like i was grounded in other stuff um like and i never like i said when even when i was doing those movies i was like i had this sort of normal kind of like you know collegiate kind of home life we were making stuff and it was yeah. fairly normal
3: i feel so bad for justin bieber i really do like he does i do
0: too he doesn't yeah.
3: know any better like yeah. when, when you're a kid yeah. and you're growing up and for x number of years it's very easy like no matter what you do people are like that's the greatest thing ever exactly. and then yeah. at a certain point they're like that's the worst thing ever and you're yep. like what am i yeah. What did I do? Yeah. I don't know what I did different. Like, well, he he literally. It was that like, leather shirt. No, I know that, but no <laughs> I one is told there. Him. Yeah, Someone no told one him. is there telling. Like, he doesn't have, like, a friend structure like you would have when you're growing up where someone's like, that is a stupid shirt. Why yeah. don't you take yeah. that yeah. off? Like, yeah. everyone's like, hey, good job, JB. Hey, that's yeah. a pretty sweet shirt. So he just doesn't know, and you <laughs> yeah. can see. You can see him in pictures now where he just, it's almost like he's trying to process the world because the the paradigm, his paradigm has shifted. Yeah. And I just feel bad. And of course he's going to fucking start to go crazy. Well,
0: yeah. And also, you know, I feel my heart goes out to people like that that are under that kind of scrutiny because at the point at which the public and the media turn against you, that's a very powerful force working against you. Yeah. So even if you have all the grounding in the world, that's a hell of a force to fight back against. Well, imagine being. You have to almost be able to say, okay, I quit, I'm leaving the business. For a while, screw all of you. You have to and imagine it, you're, you're like you're in a relationship.
3: You for, to NYU. You're in a yeah, relationship yeah, exactly. for four yeah, years seriously. or Brown, like Emma Watson. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or 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 you uh you're in a relationship for four years and for four years it's great and there's not really any bumps and the other person's like this is my soulmate and then all of a sudden one day they're like fuck you and you're like what happened what happened yeah. I don't know what I don't yeah. touch me you know yeah. it's like
0: on a dime yeah totally. how
3: how could you. How yeah. could you wrap your mind Only around that? Only
0: there's 80 million of them. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well that's that's good. i yeah. and so is your is your is your take on it are you more of like, well, I'll just step back and kind of see how it plays out, or... or... Well,
0: again, sort of like the way I like to come at, at the, these stories is not... I try not to, you know, I'm not of the doc variety, and I like some of these movies, but I'm not usually like, you know, here's my opinion, I'm going to ram it down your throat for 90 minutes. I sort of like to, to look at the, the various sides of, of this thing. Um, but I'm interested both in the present day, uh, and I'm going to be following present day people around, but I'm also interested in just the history of, like, when did little kids start working? Yeah. You know, yeah. what is the history of like, you know, and sort of that, that whole kind of look at at capitalism and or the industrial age in terms of like when we started putting kids. Like to even work. to the
1: point of like you know, like in the industrial revolution, like exactly. starting them in the mills and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. going it in the
0: chimneys. Exactly. I'm going back to sort of not for long part of the movie, but I want to look yeah. at the Victorian era and then like <laughs> and vaudeville, which is really interesting. Yeah. Hey, hey little, you're,
3: you're small, fish those toxic chemicals out of that
2: uh, <laughs> Exactly. I'll hold on to your legs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> little rascals, like yeah. how all no, they broke off. Whatever next.
3: But but I also think that there was you know, certainly. Um, you All know, the little rascals turned out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. take. Uh,
0: you can go talk to Robert Blake. <laughs>
3: but he, but the uh, uh, but the idea. You know, like in the Victorian era, where I even think it goes back to just an idea of of a, a different approach to life and death, or a different mindset of life and death. I mean, even those. Um, you know, I I I, I had a, a mini fascination for a while with the memento mori pictures of like like the death pictures. Mm. Where um, because mortality rates were so high mm-hmm. that it wasn't you know I mean obviously I'm sure people were sad but it just seemed very much like oh yeah well some of us aren't going to make it right <laughs> to, exactly. to adulthood yeah. and even then some of us aren't going to make it very far yeah and so you know just taking pictures of kid of just dead kids yeah. like, well well this will this will keep them fra-. so you know the it's just just the the existential idea of what it means to be alive or dead or it's, or that guy's a kid and you know like eh, throw him in there I'm sure you know yeah
0: I totally agree like one thing I want to look at and I don't know how much you'll make it into the doc because they kind of be they end up being living processes and stuff gets thrown out but th- what is a kid anyway like when did we start calling kids kids right. like mm-hmm. when did we decide that someone of a certain age these little people had their own kind of identity yeah. that ended at another certain point which has a big part in once you get into the child actor world of like and what you what you think they can handle developmentally yeah. so can
3: I can I can I pitch a sub a sub story to that sure it's the idea of um with each each successive generation uh, uh, the the extension of adolescence like this idea that adolescence and teenager is totally. a thing and yeah. not like well, once you had puberty, you gotta get married and start working because that's nature saying you're an adult now. Yeah. And then and then and then society going, Well, it's sixteen. Well, it's eighteen. Now then, it's forty. You know, yeah, now yeah. yeah guys yeah. like yeah. you know guys like us, you know, yeah. thirties, early forties like yeah. no, we're still like totally we're yeah. still, you know, like Yeah, we're even idea. and
0: we're even kidding ourselves anyway. I remember yeah. seeing this as forty and thinking they should have called it this as fifty. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. yeah. John Apatow isn't forty, he's yeah, fifty. Exactly. Let's call his fate his page. This is about fifty, guys. This is not about yeah. forty. <laughs> the, the bar just keeps raising yeah. higher and Every higher. Year, it's I always just like this. always yeah.
1: wanted to know what it was like being a forty-year-old billionaire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be so hey, his
2: business isn't doing too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess... sell your fucking Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's... I like our, our record label is going to be okay. We got Ryan Adams. <laughs> yeah. That's <my> favorite
3: <laughs> I guess. I guess it's the. I guess it's the. You know life expectancy extending, and maybe it has something to do with that.
0: Yeah, I also think it's it's pop culture. I think that it's, you know, our our response to, you know, the age of gadgetry and, like, you know, the, the shock of the new. There's so many cool new things that we... And I think how society is, is responding to the digital and sort of tech revolution, too, is... I mean, I think it's scary, and it's also exciting. And, you, just, and, you know, there's a... It'll even itself out. It'll all give us cancer.
1: Exactly.
3: We'll <laughs> yeah. all be dead. But but, yeah. but psychologically, too, there's a, you know... Even in even in sort of Mad Men era, it, you you look and you go, oh yeah, you know at like 22, those people just took a job, and that was it. Yeah, and then they just kind of like completely. This is my life. Yeah, totally. And so you yeah. know psychologically something happens and they sort of give up on that in, in a way, and then they're just. I mean, you know, you just you always look at old pictures and you're like. Hey, whoa, whoa. Is that is that a forty five year old woman? No. no, no, she's nineteen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, that, yeah. is that a fifty year old guy? No, no, he was like twenty two.
2: Yeah. Like everyone just yeah. looks, yeah, they so just hard. look older. And 22, 10 kids. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's the res- it's the result of the of this you know the beat in the sixties revolutions. You know, where you had the beat generation in the sixties, you had you know the sort of summer of love generation that just said screw it. You know, we're not going to follow that model. We're not. We're not going to grow up. I mean, the merry pranksters and all that yeah. kind of stuff kind of gave way once that connected with technology. Like, all bets were off.
3: You know, you're <laughs> right because I think my 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 great grandparents on my mother's side are from Italy. And I think my great grandmother was like 15 or something when they got married and just uh, and, and ended up having 11 kids. That's yeah, it. my grandmother
2: was 16 when she got married, and
3: they just you know was like all yeah. right, well just gross
2: guys.
0: Yeah. gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a lot of teen banging going on, but they weren't you know. Teen Banging, yeah. Teen Banging, yeah. Damn. <laughs> which is your next movie after that? I, I'm sort of folding that all into this one. <laughs> it makes it more marketable. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that dangerous element yeah. you were talking about. I'm making about. a
0: very heady show business talk about Teen Banging. <laughs> yeah, you I'd know, watch it. Yeah. I'm not gonna when watch. I when I
3: was, you know, like like I put the, it
0: right next to my copy of Eight Millimeter. <laughs> uh, <I'd> like, <laughs> that's what the world's gonna do. I'm it's a, gonna make me a very rich I'm, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm a
3: child of the '80s, which was the apex of the teen sex comedy. Right. Of like. Yeah. No. Fa- fast times yeah. ushered in that, completely. oh, my God, they're like 15 to 16 yeah, years old yeah. and they're fucking and yeah, drinking. And we're all BEs supposed to be having science. sex. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah and I, I-,
3: I want to do those things. Yeah.
0: And like Lost Boys, it was it was identical to real life. Just way. like it, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, yeah. just like it. We were all yeah. studly swingers back in high
3: school. <laughs> 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 Who would swoop down and then oh, completely. And destroy yeah, people, just
0: turning things away. Turning yeah,
3: but away. you know, but as soon as you found like another young hot guy
2: moved into town, exactly. like, oh,
3: we got to make him a part of the fold.
2: Absolutely, oil him up. Yeah, give him some hair extensions, <laughs> slap <laughs> some <laughs> nice, chaps on him. Such, Such <laughs> a nice coincidence. He was also rode a motorcycle. So it's just, it just, yeah, it
3: just all sort of worked out. He didn't need to ride anymore. He could yeah. fly
1: at a certain point. Yeah,
2: but still, that wind in your hair
1: at ground level is pretty cool. Yeah. No one flies that close to the ground whenever they develop flying.
3: Spoiler alert: um, uh, one guy's the head vampire, and you don't see it coming. (laughs) uh, Yeah,
0: so uh. he was the one guy without hair extensions. Not to give it
3: away.
2: Yeah, but he was really cool. He was.
3: I always loved uh, uh, Bernard um, Herman. What was that? His name? Oh, Bernard, no, 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 that's a composer. Edward Ed, Ed, Ed Ed Herman. Herman was the guy, yeah. Was yeah. the head vampire guy. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then Bernard, Bernard Hughes, Hughes yeah. who was in like he was in like Mr. Merlin and Tron. Like he was, actor, in, he was in. He yeah. Who clearly like in the eighties, he became like if you needed a grisly old guy, he was your guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He was great. The whole cast was. I mean, Schum- Joel Schumacher is known for like really thinking outside the box, casting a, and that movie was, like, Diane Weiss. Diane Weiss. Yeah, Had
3: this amazing. crazy cast. You yeah. Know. Absolutely amazing. So, it was fun. Well, uh, this was really great having yeah, you fun. on. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And, I, yeah. and I, So when is, when is Downloaded available?
0: Downloaded will be out uh, in theaters, some theaters, Art House theaters at the end of June and then iTunes, Cable VOD in July and then AOL in the fall. And nice. then Pirates awesome. Bay, right? And then now. VH1, 2014. <laughs> and yeah, and torrent sites. If you email me, I'll get you the link.
3: <laughs> and you are you are accessible online.
1: Yeah, I know,
0: easily accessible online. You, Look got any,
3: you got any invites left for Demonoid?
0: And please troll me. <laughs> What's that?
3: You got any invites left for Demonoid? Which is the torrent?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm just private.
0: nodding, pretending I don't know what you're saying, so <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> I don't get sued.
3: Still hanging on to, still hanging on to your news groups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: it's, they're very IRC is still a place to go. <laughs> cool. Thanks, yeah. Alex. Good to Thank see you, you man. Guys. Yeah, awesome.
3: Enjoy your burritos.
2: To that was fun. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah.
4: Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.
3: This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Hulu Plus. Don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus and start watching your favorite hit shows right now. Go to HuluPlus.com forward slash nerdist, all lowercase, for your extended free trial. Again, HuluPlus.com forward slash nerdist.
0: I feel like I was blindsided
3: because it's a competition show. They will test their strength and lack of life skills
2: for a chance to win two
3: hundred million dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars.
1: Prepare, cause it's about to be ugly, crying, lots of fighting.
3: Taisha I have to defend myself. Celebrating twenty-five years of reality TV with your favorites.
1: I have <laughs> diarrhea.
0: You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into?
3: The Goat. Stream free on Amazon Freevee or Prime Video.